0: with an explicit graphic content warning. <laughs> now, strap in and enjoy the show. Okay, and welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasm Life. I'm your sexy hostess with the mostest, Empress Gaia, aka Gaia Morcette. Okay, so today's topic is about Why does it, why does it take so long for some people to finally lean in and explore kink and BDSM? Um, And the reason this is a great topic is because a lot of times what happens is I have clients, they finally are like, okay, I'm going to embrace it. They reach out, they, you know, do some exploration sessions with me. And the number one thing that I see that happens is like first of all there's a there's almost like a grieving and a sadness that they waited so long to lean into who they were and to feel sexually accepted and so and then once we move through that then they embrace it and you know off they go and you know all the different ways that can can show up in their world in their life um, both on a, you know, on a, in a relationship in a, you know, uh, all the, all the areas of their lives change because they finally have embraced who they are and they finally have a safe space to be who they are. So why do people take so long to do that? Like, why don't we just naturally do that? Well, wait for it. Society <laughs> in North America, anyways, I can only talk about my your cultural, you know, even from North America. In North American culture, you are allowed to be sexy but not act sexual, you are expected to want to have sex but do it very, uh, on the down low. Now, let's talk about it. So, we get. Culturally we get a lot of messages and the fundamental message that we get underlining is that just even vanilla sex, and when I define vanilla sex, that's basically anything in intercourse, in the dark, missionary position, okay? So, and again, I'm remind, I wanna remind my audience in case you haven't you know watched me for a while, that kink, the definition of kink can be anything outside of that. Um, So one person's like vanilla sex Mm -hmm. could be another person's kink and another person's kink could be seen as, you know, another person's vanilla sex. So we just kind of define it as anything, anything outside of doing it, intercourse, missionary in the dark could be perceived as pinky to someone somewhere. Okay. So before we get into the whole exploration component of human sexuality, we have to talk about the fact that we've gotten messages, very clear messages that sex is dirty. Sex is wrong. Sex is bad. Sex is a sin. Sex bad, bad, pooey, pooey, bad, bad, not good, sexual. And yet Sex sells, so we get these really mixed motions. Like really, so overall, in you know North American culture, our belief system and the way that we move with sexuality is pretty dysfunctional and unhealthy. So just the basics of you know things like that you desire to have pleasure, and that um, you know the go- you're you're dropping out of goal oriented sex um just the foundation of having a good sex life in our society is pretty challenging never mind if we add some extra some extra features (laughs) some extra bonuses of you know exploration which could be you know all the now we're talking about power exchange bdsm kinks fetishes um group sex uh you name it it's available and things that you've probably never thought about is also someone somewhere is turned on by it. And that's because we're not allowed to be okay as a sexual being, we just start there. So let's move, so when we've acknowledged that, now let's move to the next level of that. So if a society says that you're not allowed to be a sexual being, the fact that you get turned on by feet then would make you even worse. In society, from a you know the societal norms of things, or that you happen to be a you know penis owner who likes to dress up in women's clothing, or you know you love being pegged, um, but you you know you know you love being pegged um, by a strong, sexy woman, but you won't allow yourself to do that because it means that you might be gay. So like so you might be a sissy, you might be gay, you know. There's all these, you might be a weirdo, you might be a freak. We've internalized those feelings and which allow, stop us from actually being okay with it. So what typically happens? These kinks are created and developed and part of its natural evolution of human sexuality. So let's talk about if we were not interfered with from like, you know, parents, schools, church, society, government, all those things we didn't have any influence. What would naturally happen in our sexual evolution? Well, what could happens is children come into this world, and they're pleasure-seeking beings. And you can see you see it when you know uh, you know little girl finally finds her you know finds out that if she rubs up the corner of the bed of, of the couch, she feels really good. So she just does it, and in her mind, there's nothing wrong with that because it's pleasure. It feels good. It's not until some adult comes along and says stop that that's wrong and then creates this whole imprint of guilt and shame and wrongness you can see it with uh you know little boys who find they find their penis there's this stage where they find their penis and no matter where you are what's happening their hands are down their pants again totally natural because as human beings we are pleasure-seeking beings we actually are pain avoidant most of the time so Pleasure is our, our, is, is our jam. Then what happens is that that pleasure, then, if we weren't, some adult didn't come along and tell us that we shouldn't do that, what would normally, what would naturally happen is that you would continue to explore those pleasure possibilities in whatever form that they had whether you move to, you know, now exploring with somebody else and then, you know, you're exploring for a while and then you, you know, you start kind of like oral sex and then you would start like penetrative exploration and then you would do sensory exploration and then you eventually will get to, oh, let's add some sensory deprivation, you know, blindfolds, tying, you know, you know, you know, heightening. Um, what am I saying? Sorry, I'm having bi- verbal diarrhea at the moment. Um, yeah, sensory deprivation is like kind of the next stage before you like. Then, then, then maybe you start. Then there's some kink stuff that starts to happen. Um, a lot of kink, you know, sexual responses, you know, kinks and particularly fetishes usually are created out of you know the early ages, early stages of your sexual development. And things like, okay, somebody has a heel fetish, well, you know, or a kink. It's because, you know, the first woman that they were ever attracted to happened to be wearing heels. and and that the sound of clickety click and the heart pounding and it's like your first crush. And all of a sudden, now you've associated, this is one example of how, you know, fetishes and kinks are created. And this is just one easy example that all of a sudden now, Every time you hear clickety-click, your body responds with, ooh, that's hot. Now, that's natural. That's what naturally happens. The more, and then it just evolves, and we just keep evolving. There's things that sexually I love now that, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't even be into. There's things that I love now that even six months ago, I wouldn't have been into. But because I'm continually exploring and expanding my sexuality and letting go of the shame and the judgment and the the guilt, which I'm going to circle back around in a second here to talk about, because we've like, I've, you know, worked through my stuff around that and just leaning into, well, this feels good and it's consensual and it's doing no harm. Well, then there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. I, I like that. Let's see what happens. See what happens tomorrow. Let's see what turns me on tomorrow. But that's what human sexual evolution looks like. And the key is where I'm going to circle back into. Why does it take so long for us to embrace it? For some of us to embrace it? Well, some of it is we chose partners in marriage that were not sexually Free or open, which makes it challenging for you to be sexually free. You know, that's one. Another is you yourself are, you know, feel bad and feel dirty and feel shame every time you think about or turned on by this kinky ex, you know, it's kinky thing that you watched on porn or you thought about, or you're in the middle of, you know, pops into your head and you get turned on, or you may be engaging in sexual activity with your partner and fantasizing about this kink or this fetish that you may be having and then you feel bad and dirty and shame and wrong about feeling what you feel so like you have to put it back you got to put it back in the closet because it's like a dark dark secret and you can't let anybody know because if they knew they wouldn't love you anymore they wouldn't respect you anymore they wouldn't like you anymore you may lose your job like there's all these things depending on what kind of life you have the consequences can be rather high if you live a very, very you know, um, strict lifestyle of following societal norms. The more societal norms, the more you fit into categories, the more you will feel shame and guilt and um, fear of somebody finding out your secrets. So that's a big reason why It takes people a long time because they can't, where's the safe space? There is no safe space. they either have a partner um, or partners who are not cool with it. You yourself may not be okay with it. And you think there's something wrong with you. Um, You haven't had a safe environment or a safe space to explore and be, have somebody be like, you know what? You're not a weirdo. It doesn't matter that this is what turns you on. Congratulations, this turns you on. Um, you know, having, you know, a partner or partners or, you know, finding safe spaces like hiring a pro where you can have this safe environment in which they were not judge you and help you, you know, accept you for who you are and whether or not, you know, so this is what I often see with my clients It's a, it's an interesting evolution, some of my clients, once they've like gotten this really beautiful safe space, have figured out that they are really kinky and that, you know, things like they're a pain slut and they like these things and this thing, these idea things turn them on and pegging really turns them on. And, you know, force, force fellatio, you know, on a strap on really turns them on. And they like let go of, you know, what does that make me? What does that mean for me? And they kind of start to embrace it there's a couple things that just happens. There's like, um, you know, sometimes that changes drastically for a client and they change their relationship dynamics and open up the relationship and have conversations with their partner. And sometimes they bring their partner with them and, you know, I help navigate that. For them, with them, um, is one outcome that can happen. The other outcome that I see often happening is that, you know, this becomes their haven. Um, spending time with me becomes the haven while they still are living their conservative life in the rest of their life, but because they at least have one spot. That is from this beautiful place of you know, safety, that, that really settles them into coming to this place of self-acceptance and stop and stop moving from a place of shame and guilt and self-loathing around it. Uh, so there's lots of possibilities, but it's that piece about it's, I just want to say, no matter what turns you on, as long as it's consensual. This is important. As long as it's mutually consensual and there is no long-term harm, um, it doesn't really matter what it is. It can be, you know, silly things like a rubber chick being spanked with a rubber chicken. Which, you know, if you haven't listened to that episode <laughs> or seen, <laughs> I haven't talked about the rubber chicken in a while. Um, I have a, a wonderful episode talking about it. Um, and then my BDSM membership shows you shows me getting spanked with a rubber chicken for the very first time. <laughs> Say, I didn't think that it, being spanked for my rubber chicken would be on my high on my la- list of things that turned me on but turns out it does <laughs> who knew it's like that, that whole piece around it's okay to explore even if it's outside the norm and that I think is the most challenging piece for people to be able to lean in and explore their kinks and let go of the guilt and let go of the shame so whatever it is that turns you on long as it's consensual and does no long long term harm to yourself or others you know have at her and start allowing yourself here's here's the piece that you know if you're still at that stage where you're like oh my god you know, I have this deep secrets. I like to dress up, or I have these, you know, I, whatever it is. I have this deep need, or this deep sexual desire, deep dark sexual desire that I'm keeping a secret from the world, um, from your partners in your life, and you're not actually being able to like explore it. You're sending a, an, you're sending a message to yourself every day that there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's human nature. we can be turned on by everything (laughs) everything and anything the right if the right uh scenario is presented as a human being we can pretty much be turned on by anything if we give ourselves space and permission to to be able to be turned on by everything and anything so The first piece of like, you know, moving into like self-acceptance and really embracing who you are as a sexual being is to first start telling yourself there's nothing wrong with you. I'm gonna say it again. There's nothing wrong with you. Take a breath for me. Exhale, there's nothing wrong with you. So every time you so start ch- to start changing that pattern of like it's a secret, it's wrong. The other thing that happens is that people become almost um, their kink almost becomes the whole taboo, secret shame. And so there's a can become arousal response in the fact that it's wrong, it's taboo, um, it's a secret these kinds of things can be part of a, a kink, uh, sexual arousal response. And in case, and in, you know, that actually happens often. So in the event that that's happening, um, you may wanna come and see me or see somebody else that specializes in human sexuality um, to help uh, change that narrative so that you can embrace who you are sexually and you can be turned on because the thing that you are aroused about is the thing that you're aroused about and not um, creating scenarios, situations, experiences where you feel guilty, where you feel shame, which then turns you on. Okay. taboo. societal taboos are hot, right? When you're like breaking, you're breaking the rules. That piece is like tantalizing and sexy and quite normal. And, you know, there's lots of different ways to go about that in different layers. Of like, basically, you're like, I'm not following the rules. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a naughty, 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 naughty boy. Or I'm a naughty, 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 naughty girl, right? Like that can be all very arousing. But it's when, and that's normal and that's good. That's healthy. But it's when the only way you can be turned on is if you feel the shame of doing the naughty thing you feel bad about doing the naughty thing and it's in the shame and the bad that you create the arousal, the sexual arousal response is happening when that's going on we got to kind of like do a little bit of rewiring um, so that you're not carrying that because what often that's where people end up in really dangerous situations because they, they, they need their fix of feeling bad and wrong and shame in order to get turned on. So if that's something that's happening for you, please reach out um, to me. Uh, and you know, if me and you are not a good fit, I have some other people that can help you kind of detangle those pieces so that what you're left with is that you're excited and aroused by societal taboos but you don't feel guilt or shame that you want them or that you desire them. And your desire doesn't come out of your guilt or shame. Okay. So that's an important piece, um, which gets complicated, <laughs> which is why you need somebody who knows how to deal with that. Don't try to do, don't try to figure that shit out on your own. It's very layers and layers and layers of complications. <sighs> um, so, yeah, so that's why it can take people a really long time is because of all of these pieces. And we often pick partners. If we think what our sexual desires are bad or dirty or wrong and they need to be kept secret, we tend to often find partners that would reinforce that belief system. So that you can never possibly tell them that these are the things that you fantasize or you would like to explore sexually. Because you know they would not respond well to that, which then allows you to still stay in the closet and feel like it's bad or wrong. So if this is what you're struggling with, my heart goes out to you. This is a lot of layers. It's very challenging. But the first step is there's nothing wrong with you. Let's start there. You're not broken. You're not a freak. And there's nothing wrong with you. Second thing to help heal this process for you is that, you know, you may want to reach out to somebody who is a professional, whether uh, pro dom or, um, you know, somebody that can hold space without judgment to help you explore and to, to experience what it feels like when someone doesn't judge you for what you turns you on, but they, it also turns them on and it can like totally normalize it. It's amazing how many of my clients are like, you know, they can't believe that they, you know, there can't be other people that really enjoy whatever it is that they're doing, you whatever we're doing. And I'm like, are you kidding? Pretty much all of my clients love this. Like, So it's that other piece where once you're in a space where you can be accepted, you don't feel isolated and you don't feel alone and you're no longer carrying that shame or that guilt or feeling like a freak because it's like, oh, this is normal. And pretty much all of your sexual evolution, no matter how it happens, it's you, it's your sexuality. And again, as long as there's no harm being done to yourself it's consensual, then float your boat, fill your boots, it's all good. Okay, so I hope that inspires, I hope that helps, um, you know, um, because you know, when you come to this beautiful place of just accepting your desires and being like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I want to be spanked by a rubber chicken. Or I like to spank people with a rubber chicken. Or, you know, for me, a big, big piece of my sexuality that I've struggled with of coming to acceptance was I'm a sexual sadist. And that took me a while to embrace because what does that mean? Does the, the the only time we ever see sexual sadists, they tend to be in a murder scene on a TV show and they had to end up being a serial killer, right? <laughs> That's the imagery. That's also another piece I didn't talk about. Um, I did a an episode about, um, you know, why is kink only ever shown as part of a murder scene? So go listen to that episode and, you know, i get into all those pieces, but, that's another component that if the only time you ever see your kink or your fetish in society it's always part of a murder scene <laughs> it's always like it's why they're deviant or wrong it's like so that that programming continual bombardment of that this is wrong you know you, you see a, you know, the, the only time you ever see a dungeon, it's like, it's because they're going, you know, there's somebody died in it, or it was, you know, you see all these leather and implements and chains, it's like, it's the, you know, it's where this is the serial, this the sexual sadist serial killer lair. And so it took me a while on my own personal journey to really embrace that it's okay that I'm a sexual sadist. And I'm not a serial killer. And I don't have any dead bodies in my bed, buried in my basement, (laughs) nor do I want to have any dead bodies buried in my basement, right? So there's a lot of freedom, but I held back for many years, like for many years, I was terrified that this is what I would turn into because that's all the imagery that I, it's all I've ever heard. And once I healed that and embraced that, I love my life. I love it. I get to hit people all the time. It's consensual. They love it. I love it. I am a really. I am a very deviant. Like even that word, deviant, but um, I've reclaimed it. So I, I'm very mischievous, maniacal, <laughs> sexual sadist. I love to torture people in all all ways, and that's okay. You know being submissive to my master that was something that took me a while to embrace because that would mean like I'm not a strong powerful dom and I'm not a strong powerful woman and I had to heal all those things and you know if it made me feel bad you know I didn't you know secretly you know there I would be you know chaining up people and being like some part of me is like I want to be chained too (laughs) And, you know, it took me a while to fully embrace that. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I want that as well as I can be that and this. I don't have to, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that's what I crave. That's what I desire. That's what I want. So that's what I leave you with. Okay. All right. Until next time, stay kinky. Again, there's nothing wrong with you and reach out if you need some support or you wanna come have, you know, some, a safe environment to have conversations about your sexuality and, and how to, how I can support that awakening within you. All right, till next time, bye-bye. Hmm. Well, I hope today's episode inspired you encouraged you, and of course, made you feel tingly inside. (laughs) I just want to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spend and how I really deeply appreciate you listening. I do it for you guys, the audience, and I love and adore you guys. So quick loving reminder, I am not available for naked pictures, getting married, having sex, or having anybody's babies. And when you want to spend more time with me in a professional capacity as your coach, Mm -hmm. your teacher, your educator, your facilitator, um, you can reach me at gaiamorissette.com. That's the gateway to all things Gaia. I also lovingly invite you to follow me on Instagram, which the handle is My Orgasmic Life Podcast, where you can leave feedback and comments also, come join me on Facebook at uh, My Orgasmic Life Podcast Facebook Group, and I really want to hear from you. I want to know how this show affected you. Did you? What did you learn? Was it inspirational? Did you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I want I want to know because I'm a little bit of a voyeur, so I want to know what how am I affecting you? <laughs> so please, please. Please come leave some comments. Now, if you're like, but I don't want everybody to know what I'm thinking, which is okay. Sometimes we need privacy and we need to be anonymous. So you want would like that option, we have that. You can email my slutty assistant, Layla at Gaiamorissette.com. Okay, listeners, until next time. May your life be filled with sexy exploration and orgasmic pleasure. Bye-bye.